hands are down. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you for listening to the ESPC podcast, where the purpose of every podcast is to make money. I have an MBA, securities licenses, uh, clients that worth uh, over $50 million for over a decade. And what we do is we use uh, business and financial concepts in order to make money watching football games. Uh, we don't have the percentage we usually have. We're usually up a lot higher. However, uh, we're still making money, and we're looking to finish just totally at the next level and nail all these games like we nailed the SEC last week, 11-3. and three. Uh, One big business concept is, is you're the smartest, toughest person in the room, you are in the wrong room. So we got Chad Nolan, uh, 26 yards of cash. We got a video on there. Pull that video this weekend. Show it a few times. Him coming back and causing a fumble in the ball back for his team. Hustle play. Same way he hustled on that play. Same way he hustled on these picks to make ourselves and you money. And then making you money, we get information from you. And we're all a big, happy American capitalistic family making money watching football games. What are your first thoughts, Chad, as we get into this? Yeah, man, you know, we have not been satisfied with our um, percentages the last few weeks, and we uh, we switched up our process a little bit this week and added a little bit to it and, and how we went about it and uh, brought in a secret weapon. And, uh, you know, I think we're right. we're, we're going to reap the uh, the benefits of, of – just a little bit, little bit more due diligence, a little more effort we put in this week, and and how we went about everything. Right. Big time, big time. And if you're the toughest, smartest person in the room, like I said, you are in the wrong room. So we got the secret weapon also helping us out uh, to get things to the next level. So what's the first conference we're gonna look at, Chad? All right. I don't know where do you want to go, Josh. Uh, let's start with the, the Pac-12. The Pac-12, our bread and butter. Yeah, so uh, first game is uh, Oregon State at home against Cal. And, uh, you know, we like Oregon State. They've been an awesome team at home. Um, cover the spread, I think, in, in I mean, probably 80%, 80-90% of their last 10 home games. Um, and... This one to go over the 48, you know, it's a it's a really, really, really low number here. 
Right. And you know, I think you know both teams will, will you know be able to score enough here, um, you know, to to get this one to go over the 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 forty eight. Big time, big time, a hundred percent agree on that. Uh, I, Cal, this is the worst I've seen Cal. Their offense is horrible. Their defense is good, but they've been on the field all year, so that's why we look at that result. What's the next game we're gonna look at? All right, next game we're going to Washington State at home against Arizona State. Um, this one, me and Josh differ on the total here. Um, I like Washington State minus the eight. Um, you know, I just think that that the defense, the Washington State defense, is just a lot better than the Arizona State defense, and that's what's going to make a big difference in this one. Get a key stop or two um, to allow Washington State uh, to cover. You know this this eight points, um, you know, it's going to stay under the 60 though. I think, you know, this will Washington state, you know, having that defense, um, you know, we'll keep this one a little bit lower scoring. Uh, I think 60 is just too big of a number here. Um, but yeah, go ahead, Josh on your Arizona state pick. Yeah. I like the, the backup quarterback. He, they're trying to make a point, right? They're trying to make a point about Arizona, mm-hmm. the state of Arizona recruiting the high school coach is, the head coach now, the interim coach at Arizona State, take over for Herm Edwards. Uh, I gotta see where Brian Billick is at because he's the offensive coordinator, was the offensive coordinator for Arizona State. I see Aguado picking up papers, calling plays, uh, but the backup has re- played really well. And I guess uh, people are, are upset at the fact that uh, the backup didn't start sooner. Uh, Washington State, their defense has been good, but they're wearing downs later later in the season. Uh, I see Arizona State scoring points in this game, but kind of keeping it under control. Uh, this is not a championship game, but it's going to have that feel because whoever wins is going to have inside track to get into a bowl game and not just be out full-out recruiting mode. They'll be thinking about the last few games of the season. So it's going to have that feel to it. And there's a lot of money on the line, millions of dollars on the line for that Arizona State coaching staff and that coach. So I like, uh, you know, and Washington State already, that coach already has a contract. So looking at it from a money standpoint, I like Arizona State to cover that, to cover the points. Um, But it's going to go under because it is such a big game for both teams. Maybe not a big game in the big picture. These teams aren't going to the playoffs. But for both these teams at this point, it's a huge game for them. So I like like a championship type feel for it to have the game go under. And Arizona State's not even – they're not going to quit. So I can even see a backdoor cover. And then the decision-making of Cameron Ward hasn't been the best lately. So that might be a problem for Washington State in the red zone. Washington State has between the 20s has been great. Their problem has been Cameron Ward just committing too many turnovers in the red zone. So that Arizona State red zone defense uh, headed by Marvin Lewis, Super Bowl winning defensive coordinator, got Cincinnati to the playoffs six times. Now he's the defensive coordinator for Arizona State. He's going to have a pretty good red zone defense dial up. So give me Arizona State plus the eight points. What's the next game, Chad? Uh, 
UW Washington at um, Oregon. You know here, uh, you know it's we can. You know Washington can keep this one. You know within thirteen points. You know at this. You know Oregon really hasn't played a competitive game. You know too competitive in the Pac-12 yet, or since that Georgia game they got blown out. And um, yeah. you know I really don't think they're that good. Where they're just <clears throat> gonna beat the whole Pac-12 by twenty-five points. Right. <clears throat> you know and. I think Washington's a pretty good team here, man. They got a good win against Oregon State last game. So, yeah, we think Washington here uh, can cover the 13 points and uh, this one uh, go over to the 73 and that it'll, it, you know, it'll be a shootout and, and both teams should should score, um, you know, well, you know, into the 30s here. Right. It, it, you know, now with the recession coming in, uh, you hear the finance where a lot of people talk about fundamental analysis, how important fundamental analysis is. Uh, people have never made money with technical analysis or gotten rich with, but people have gotten rich with fundamental analysis. And within fundamental analysis is corporate governance that you hear a lot about. Uh, Jerry Jones was going to go to Fisticuffs with Robert Kraft. He told him, don't fuck with me, man. And it, it, what they were talking about was corporate governance. So when you look at corporate governance in this game, you look at Coach DeBoer at Washington, they've had a lot of injuries in their secondary. However, even though they've had a lot of injuries in their secondary, uh, he's been able to keep the ship afloat. And they barely lose to UCLA, right, Uh, who might be the conference champion. They barely lose to them. And their other loss was against uh, Arizona State, which we have covering this week. So, with that being said, they'll be able to cover the 13 games as a championship game. Because really, Washington isn't out of it. They beat Oregon here and they went out. They have a chance to be in the Pac-12 championship game and in a big bowl game. So, this is a big uh, opportunity for them. Then you got, on top of that, you got from Tampa, Florida, you got Michael Penix, who started a few years for Indiana, almost had Indiana beating Ohio State. That's as close as Indiana has ever gotten to Ohio State. We'll get to that game later. Michael Penix did that. Uh, Definitely see this over because Oregon's defense, this is the worst Oregon defense I've seen in many years. Uh, Bo Nixon didn't want to score a lot. So it's really Bo Nix against Michael Penix. I like the UW plus 13 over 73. What do you think, Chad? Yes, sir. I'm with it. Next game, we got uh, Stanford at Utah um, over, you know, our total is 53 and a half. Stanford right. plus 24, we like here. Um, you know, Utah has USC or not USC Oregon next game. They got a really really big game coming up, you know. So, you know, think they might you know be conservative here, play you know run the ball. Um, you know, Stanford coming off a really bad loss should have a little bounce back here. I mean, yeah, and in fifty three and a half, we think it's a little low here. I mean, think this one will will be able to get over. Um, you know, think that uh, you know Utah will will be able to uh, you know score some good points here, and that they'll, they'll let Stanford you know stay in this one and get a couple you know couple here and there, 
couple late ones and um, the fact that they're just trying to win this game. You know, they're not worried, not worried about covering 24. They're worried about Oregon next week. Um, so what do you think about that one, Josh? Man, that one I hesitate because uh, Stanford is so bad, right? And who's going to show up? Which which Stanford team is going to uh, show up? Uh, they beat Notre Dame, though, right? So in big games, in teams that they've uh, they scheme against, in teams that they target, because you can't target every team, right? And you can't game plan for every team. So they game plan for USC, covered, should have covered against USC. USC had a pick six. Uh, they targeted Notre Dame. They beat Notre Dame at Notre Dame. And Notre Dame, they're saying it's kind of like coming back to be a factor. Maybe not uh, get into the playoffs, but maybe beat USC, get themselves into a big game. They've beaten all the top teams in the ACC. They beat Clemson. Uh, Sanford beat them. So Utah is that type of team, even though uh, they can get in shootouts. Willingham being a defensive guy, he prefers to kind of slug it out. So in this situation, uh, with a talent advantage, he's probably going to try to slug it out against Shaw. <clears throat> to us, when teams try to slug it out against each other, regardless of who's better or whatever, uh, tells me um, the under, right? And tells me that the, the other team's going to cover. But uh, with that being said, it could be a, a slugfest. And then at the end, a bunch of points get scored, especially when we have like a Stanford uh, debilitated defense. But I'm actually, I just talked myself into that under. So I'm going to go <laughs> under 54. But I, but I do like uh, Stanford plus twenty four under fifty four. What do you think, Chad? Yeah, I'm. I mean, uh, I'm gonna stick with the over. Okay. I'm gonna Stanford plus twenty four. I'm gonna stick with the over fifty three. Um, All right. Think so this decision on the on the over. Uh, Chad likes the over fifty three and a half. I like the under fifty four. But we both agree on Stanford. And then last game, um, Arizona. Right. Ooh. Who are they playing? Are they at UCLA? No. Yeah? Yeah, they're playing UCLA. UCLA at UCLA, yep. Um, here, we like Arizona plus 20. I think this is just too many points. UCLA's got USC next game. Right. Um, and this one under 77. I mean, 77 we just think is an, a, a little bit of an obnoxious number here um, for a UCLA team. Uh, you know, that's that's gonna gonna try to uh you know get up to a lead and kind of coast it out and get this win and get out of here and get get in get into next week. So uh and then um what, what do you think about that one, Josh? Right. hundred percent agree with everything you said. Uh Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly controls this program, these again, corporate governance, right? Uh Elon Musk, everybody, Twitter, Elon Musk. Why? Because Elon Musk is the corporate governance. Here's Chip Kelly. He's your corporate governance. And he just wants to score points. Uh, he doesn't care about the defense. He just wants to score. So for us, translating that, and they got a big game against uh, USC next week. 
Yeah, for this to get over, because if the game goes, let's say, 40 to 30, that's under. So I kind of like that. Uh, I saw Colorado have a lot of success running it on USC. So I see UCLA practicing the running game this week against Arizona and getting out of there, making that game as quick as possible, getting out of there, uh, getting an under 77, which is a crazy number. So I like UCLA 40 to 30 over Arizona with their horrible defense. Uh, so that means Arizona covers and it's under 77. Yes, sir. All right, Nat, we're going to ACC now. All right, the ACC. Oh, I got it. I'm on the spreadsheet and I'll have the other team. We got the Duke game. Who's Duke yeah. playing? Duke is playing. Well, Virginia Tech, I think it is. Yeah, Virginia Tech is horrible. I'll let you pick it. You've been doing good on uh, Duke games. Yeah, no. So yeah, Virginia Tech, man. Yeah, we we are going. I'm, I mean, I'm going Duke minus nine and a half. I think Duke will be able to do enough offensively. Um, and yeah, I mean, I I like this one to get over uh, the forty nine. Um, I think Duke is gonna, you know, Duke has is a very high powered offense. They're up tempo. They they throw the ball a lot. You know, I think they'll they'll be able to do enough here. Um, you know, that total just seems really low at forty nine. Right. I think uh, I think this game will, will be able to get into the fifties. So I like I like Duke to cover the ten points at home against a really really bad Virginia Tech team, and this one to get over the forty nine. Right. What do you think about that? About because you've been in that situation. Probably been on both sides of the situation. When you play for Missouri Southern State, uh, what happens when the team quits, right? When you're around a team there, you were like around. I know you didn't quit, but you had guys around you. They were quitting. You're right. You guys are one and nine playing game number 11 or for the big game. And yeah, I don't know. I feel like maybe that scenario work. Maybe they quit more against the teams that are really good, the top tier teams, the teams that are lower tier. We, they think they have a chance against them. They might try harder. Right. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. All right. So. All right, next we game. We're going to. So that's Duke minus nine. And I'll have these on Twitter. And I'll I'll post them, too, on the website. I'm not sure. I can yeah, get next game is Pitt at Virginia. All right. And uh, me, yeah. I like Pitt here. Uh, minus the six. And this one to get over the forty. This we have a we're we're completely split on this one. We're we're double double against each other here. Right. Um, you know, I think you know Pitt's getting their get Atacanda back. They're running back. Um, think think that they'll you know they'll be able to do enough here to uh, win this game by a touchdown. And you know just just think you know both teams are you know, capable enough offensively, you know, I was looking at this number at 40 and I'm like, you know, is this because the offenses are so bad or the defenses are that good? And that's where I'm like, that's why I think it's going to go over because I can't really figure out which way it's going, you know, because I mean, both defenses are, are good, but they're not, they're not like that good, 40 good. And, you know, both offenses are, I think are capable of scoring here. Um, you know, Virginia's got Armstrong as a you know a second year guy in the program. He's been there. Um, you know, and you know, Pitts Pitts got a you know good running game and they got Slovis. You know, um, so I, 
I just think forty is is a little bit low here for this for this number. So um, that, that's what I'm, I'm I'm with Pitt minus six over the forty. Go ahead, Josh. Yeah, no, uh, I think this is going to be a slugfest. Uh, no, Juicy, even though he has to, and offensive coordinators talk him into it. He did. He doesn't like playing in shootouts. Uh, Tony Elliott, the coach of Virginia, this time. Uh, you know, he's a Dabble Sweeney guy. He's trying to establish his defense. Uh, it's going to be slugfest in Virginia. Uh, in Virginia, the only games they've won have been really close slugfest games. Like they beat Georgia Tech sixteen to nine against Miami. They lose. Uh, you know, 14 to 12. That North Carolina game got a little up there. Uh, you know, North Carolina has a prolific offense. Pittsburgh does it. So I think they're just going to get into an ego fest. And I like Pittsburgh winning this game, um, you know, 20 to 14. So that gives me under, and that gets Virginia to cover. Yeah. But we split on that, right? So we're giving people food for thought so they can make their own decision while they're betting these games. But if you use us, pick every game with equal amounts of money, and there's an 80% probability that at the end of the day, you're going to have profit. And if you do that all year, the weeks you have profit compound on each other for a lot of money. What's the next game we're looking at, Chad? All right, ACC, next game, Clemson at home against Louisville. Here, me and Josh both like the under 52. Um, think this will, you know, be be a competitive, lower-scoring game. Um, and, you know, I like Louisville to cover seven and a half here. I think they can, um, you know, I'm going to buy the half point, get it off seven, get it seven and a half. I think I really like Malik Cunningham, and I think he's doing a, he's a, doing a good job. I think he's a good quarterback. You know, he's a, a really remarkable athlete, and he's really improved right. as, a, as a passer um, right. and, and, and making some accurate throws. And, you know, if he can make those accurate throws and it, what he can do with his legs, it, it, you know, is really unique and really special. You know, so I think that will be enough to, you know, cover the seven here. But I do think, you know, just um, that Clemson defense overall and the way that Clemson offense has been struggling will make this game stay under. Right. So we both we both agree on the under fifty two, okay. Uh, I like Clemson because again the corporate governance part of it. Dabble Sweeney's won what two national titles? Has been in the playoffs a bunch of times. He won a national title as a player at Alabama in the early nineties. Uh, he's dedicated pretty much to the game of football. He doesn't see his family during football season. So what does that mean? He's sleeping in the office, upset about being embarrassed by a mediocre Notre Dame team, right? They say Notre Dame's the, the champion of the ACC because they beat North Carolina and they beat Clemson. Uh, so, but they lost to Stanford, which makes it embarrassing for Clemson. Uh, the quarterback from John Bosco, uh, he's been sucking, so they're bringing in the backup. Expect to see both quarterbacks in this game. Expect this game to be under and in hat Clemson's special teams and defense, maybe a defensive score. Uh, when Malik uh, Malik is a good quarterback, and I agree with Chad. He's a great he's a great athlete, but he's a thrower, not a passer. 
he's going to airmail one for a pick six. So Clemson covers the seven points, but keeps it in the 52. Clemson Tigers. Next, next game, North Carolina State at home against Boston College. Um, look here. Uh, oh, Josh, you, you like the over in this one? I like the over 40. I'm using your logic on the Virginia game. Uh-huh. I think it's more applicable to this game uh, because the total so low. And uh, Boston College has an offensive guy who can um, who can figure out something to score. But I really like a lot North Carolina State second half line. Since um, Boston College has struggled so much in the second half, uh, the coach making excuses for it. You know, you don't expect him to say what he's really feeling in public, but the lie he came up. With, sometimes you have to get the truth through a lie. So the lies that he's coming up with just don't make any sense. What do you think? He's saying that his team is wearing down in the second half. Chad, you've played. He says that his team is wearing down in the second half because they're young. Mm-hmm. And they haven't built up the stamina yet. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's that's interesting, man. I, don't, I mean, I think there's a lack of depth and them, them being beat up. Right. right, exactly. And playing North Carolina State, which had big ambitions early in the season. They're playing their third-string quarterback. Uh, I think they'll be able to run it on Boston College. And then that second half is going to be a disaster for Boston College uh, to get it over the 40 points. Mm-hmm. All right. And then uh, but you think Boston College is going to cover the uh, 18, and, 18 and, a half. and a half points, which is a lot of points for a team that got blown out last year by them. And it's a conference game. So you got to think that Coach Halfley – at Boston College, has figured out something not to get his ass blown out. So I'll put the plus 19 Boston College. In a way, I'm covering my ass because two out of three is 66%. 52.5% is break even. So I go two out of three, I make money in this game. And that's, again, like I said in the beginning of the podcast, the purpose of the podcast is to make money. Every single business meeting has to have a purpose and an outcome. And the purpose is to make money. And the outcome is we've made money almost every week. What do you think, Chad? Mm-hmm. Next game, we... Uh, you agree, out. disagree? Yeah. You agree? On what? The second half line? Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. No, definitely. I mean, second half lines are just hard sometimes because, like, we don't bet them blindly. You know, we obviously see how the games are going. We don't just always right. pull the trigger. Just when we talk about a second half line, just means we're looking at it. You know, we're trying to, you know, yeah. and if, if it fits the right scenario, we're, we're going to take it. It's our business model, which our business model would be, uh, you know, the game tied or, you know, 14 seven and a half time, North Carolina State. All right. North Carolina United State second half line. You know, right. 28 to nothing North Carolina State, then you wouldn't go with North Carolina State. So ne- next game, Miami is at Georgia Tech. Uh, 
this game, man, me and Josh, we, we like we like Miami um, on the money line. You know, Miami, I think, just has more talent here. Right. Uh, Georgia Tech has, you know, their starting quarterbacks hurt. They're they're struggling to find, you know, another quarterback. Um, you know, they they've been playing two guys, you know, the last, last few weeks. Had had a good comeback win last week against against a you know not not a good team in the ACC. So I mean, I expect this one uh, to be a very low scoring game, and that Miami can pull out a win in. I mean, we like this one to come under the forty four points, and Miami to, to on the money line to pull out a win. I 100% agree. They got killed with Florida State. I was surprised by that, how badly they were beaten by Florida State. Uh, I know there's a lot of yelling and screaming, a lot of upset people this week, people playing for their jobs the way college just now. Uh, so expect this game to be like the 14-12 uh, win that Miami had over Virginia. Same type of situation. Uh, Georgia Tech with an interim coach, good defense, horrible on offense, but they, they're they so shitty on offense that they won't be able to score any points. Miami wins, and the game goes under. Yes, sir, with the defensive coach and crystal ball. Right. The offensive line coach is interesting because we, we're going to talk about that later with Sam Pittman. But offensive yeah. line coach like to put it on the running game and like to protect the defense. Yep. It makes him almost like a defensive coach. Next game is North Carolina at Wake Forest. And, uh, you know, North Carolina is, is not lost yet in the ACC. Um, they've been a really, you know, really, really good team. And for them to be getting four points and be the dog here, really seems like the wrong team might be favored. Um, right. And this game last year, they, these teams scored, I mean, 85-plus in that total. So I think this one will get over the 78 again. and. You know, neither in the you know neither of these teams play defense, and it's going to be a complete shootout. Hundred percent agree. If you live in the past, you die in the past. So they're betting the 2020-2021 Wake Forest team against the 2020-2021 North Carolina team. This is a new year. Gene Shishik is your defensive coordinator for North Carolina. Remember, he won a national title with Cam Newton. At Auburn, so very situational. Even though he's given up a lot of points, the man knows how to figure out exactly one stop when it's very, very necessary for them to win. That's why they're eight and one with Gene Chizik as your defense coordinator at North Carolina. Uh, real intelligence, situational intelligence. That's what Gene, good old Gene, has. Uh, so look for North Carolina to roll in this, beat Wake Forest, and get over that total. As you know, Wake Forest has basically an unstoppable offense where they run the ring, wing T the first series and the spread the next and the slow match after that. So it's tough to stop. They have an offense in every series, different offense. But with that being said, it's a key on one of those offenses to shut it down and get North Carolina to cover for us. We do not even need them to win, but I'm going to uh, sprinkle a little bit on the money line. Because it's tough to beat national championship winning head coaches. They have a lot of pride two years in a row. Remember, Mac Brown with it, National Tower of Texas with Vince Young. Over Matt Leonard and uh, Pete Carroll. Yep. Next game is uh, Florida State 
at Syracuse. Um, you know, me and Josh are different on our, on our sides here. I you know I like Florida State uh, my, minus seven and a half. I think they can handle Syracuse here. Uh, Syracuse is a backup quarterback, uh, a little banged up. Um, and then, yeah, we both agree. I like the under 51. Josh likes the under 51. Both agree that uh, this one will be a, a little bit of a lower scoring game. Um, both teams kind of kind of going to grind it out. Yeah, Coach Norvell, uh, you look at corporate governance again. I like uh, Coach Dino Beavers, who won two MAC uh, divisional titles. And I think he might have won the back championship with Bowling Green. Horrible team. So he knows how to do uh, more with less. This year, he has Syracuse 6-3. and three. And Syracuse, their talent level isn't 6-3. and three. But he schemed for the season, got off to a fast start against teams he could beat, got a nice miracle win against Purdue. Nice win against uh, North Carolina State, 24-9. On the other hand, Norvell, for your Florida State criminals, he's underachieved. He's 6-3, and three, even though they beat LSU to begin the season. Bad losses against Wake Forest, uh, North Carolina State, and Clemson. Right, should have gotten a couple more losses, out coached each time by Jerson, Clawson, and Dabo Sweeney. He'll get out coached again by good old Dino Beavers after playing Miami in a very physical game. So it's going to be very beat up, and you can't get your team up for every game. So Florida State had three games they're getting up for, right? LSU. You got to think they were up for Clemson, Miami. Remember, they got Florida down the road. So give me Syracuse not to win necessarily, but to cover seven and a half points and keep this game under controlling the ball, ball control with a backup quarterback, running it on a beat up, tired Florida State defensive line. So give me uh let's go orange plus seven and a half under 51. And that is your ACC. So you can make a bunch of money with ACC. Well, people watching on the live stream, I will. Uh, post podcast right after. All right, Chad. What's the next conference we're looking at? We're going to go Big 12 next. Uh, next game, Oklahoma at West Virginia. Man, we uh, we both uh, like West Virginia here um, to be able to cover the plus eight. You know, they're at home. Um you know, Oklahoma's defense has really been struggling, not been too good. Uh, and think this one will be, you know, will be a shootout. And, you know, both teams are going to be able to score. Both defenses have really been struggling. I I mean, Oklahoma's defense has been bad, and West Virginia's DBs are bad. Um, so, you know, Oklahoma's going to throw the ball a lot, a little bit more, um, be a little more up-tempo. West Virginia does a little bit more traditional. It's going to be a little more balanced attack, but, um, still, still think that this one is is going to be a shootout and get it over. Um, and think West Virginia can can cover eight points at home here against the you know Oklahoma team that that has uh, been pretty mediocre throughout the year. You hundred percent. It's a big game for Neil Brown. He's a good coach, but they don't like the record they have with a primo quarterback there with JT Daniels. Uh, Oklahoma. It's a rebuilding year for them. They're, they're not supposed to have rebuilding years, but it is. So for that reason, 
West Virginia is going to cover this game, and it's going to go over. Two bad defenses getting in a shootout. West Virginia at home needs this game badly uh, to keep their chances in life of getting a bowl game, but just their spirits, right? Uh, they've lost a lot of close games, so look for them. Iowa State's defense is better than Oklahoma's defense, especially the schemes and so forth. Uh, so this is it's like swinging four bats and then swinging the bat. The bat seems lighter. So this Oklahoma defense uh, is a good challenge for JT Daniels to go out there and have a good game and cover eight points for us. What's the next game, Chad? All right. Next game is Iowa State uh, against Oklahoma State. Um, you know, here Oklahoma State's really been struggling. They got shut out against Kansas State. Two games ago, they lost to Kansas last week. Spencer Saunders is hurt. Uh, their quarterback, um, you know, they're struggling with the backup. You know, and these Iowa State unders have just been, you know, they've hit four or five Money. in a row for us. So, with that being said, you know, I like me and Josh both like, for that matter, Iowa State on the money line to pull out a win here, a close win against the Oklahoma State team, you know, missing their quarterback or going to maybe try to play an injured quarterback. Um, and uh, this one to stay under the 49 in that, you know, Iowa State's defense is legit and that that offense will struggle for Oklahoma right. State. Big game for Iowa State. Uh, they're a developmental program, so a two-year cycle. So this is the first year of a two-year cycle for them. But they've had big wins this year, and they're, you know, Iowa was a big win for them, in-state rival. Uh, 24-31 against Baylor, the one of the better teams in the conference, right? Close loss. Close loss to Kansas, Kansas State, Texas. So their defense has kept them in. They never get blown out. But they want to get better as the year goes along. So their offense is getting better, right? Oklahoma State is getting worse, and the quarterback's hurt. So, will you give me give me Iowa State uh, money line on this and the under? As uh, you know, Oklahoma State, the guys like Clingsbury, air raid guys, once the, their teams get in a slump, then they don't win for the rest of the year. So, give me the fourth loss for Oklahoma State, and give me Iowa State's fifth win on the money line in the under for sure. Yes, sir. Next game is Kansas State at Baylor. And, um, you know, we like Kansas plus the three. And this one to get over 52. You know, 52 seems mighty low. Both these right. teams should be able to score. You know, um, you know, Chris Kleiman has been in, is in his fourth year at Kansas State. Right. Um, he's never beat Baylor. Uh, you know, this is, this is the time for us, the best team he's had. Um, you know, Baylor works in two-year cycles. They made the championship game last year. So um, right now with how it is, is there's, there's three teams tied for second, you know, three teams there um, and tied, and these are the two teams in it. And, you know, I think Kansas State is going to, you know, win this one and be that team, you know, separated game here. Um, you know, I just think Baylor, Baylor is, you know, how these teams work in two-year cycles that this is just – not going to be the year that they're going to make uh, the Big 12 championship game. You know, so I like 
Kansas State getting the three points here in a game, I think that, that they're probably going to win. Um, and I think 52 is just, you know, too small, uh, too low of a number for two teams that will score. And I think a big difference here will be Kansas State's defense. You know, Kansas State has the edge defensively, and they'll get a couple key stops to, to win this game and cover. Um, but I still think it will go over. 100% agree with this. You know, it's one of these games where we talk about a lot. Okay, what does Vegas know that I don't know? Uh, you made a great point, too, about the development and stuff. Kansas State's in their second year of development. That's why they went out and got Adrian Martinez in the portal. You know, he's the free agent quarterback. <laughs> free agent quarterback addition in the portal because they're on an up cycle. And they're not going to get a guy like Adrian Martinez if they're on a down cycle, being no point. Uh, so K-State K should be favored in this. They're not. And the over in it, in when you got depleted defenses, right, developmental programs that don't have much depth to begin with, in a game that has, you know, championship implications, for us, I don't care if the game's 10-10. With 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter, they're going to throw a kitchen sink at each other, you know, to, to score and win. So this game, regardless of what the score is, the middle of the fourth quarter is going to get crazy, right? There's going to be a lot of points scored either way. So give me – and you got to think about, too, with these developmental teams, you got to think of um, uh, block punts. You got to think of returns. They're going to score any way they can. Scoop and scores, pick sixes, whatever. So this game's over, going over 52. Give me Kansas State plus three and a half. Coach Kleiman, who won uh, – He's the one who won like four straight at North Dakota State, man. He knows how to develop uh, teams. Yes, sir. Next game, we're going uh, going to Kansas at Texas Tech. And, uh, you know, Texas Tech has been struggling. And Kansas, I just think, has been undervalued all year. They've been covering spreads all year. And, you know, the right. betting market just doesn't seem to be adjusting. And so we, you know, we both like Kansas plus three and a half in a game. We think that they could win outright. Um, and this one to go over 64, and you know, both teams are you know, offensive teams with poor defenses that are you know, gonna play a shootout style game. Yeah, no, man, what a great coach this Lance Leopold is! He's great for us because he makes his money, he made his money at Buffalo. Uh, he's the same as Chris Kleiman, right? Chris Kleiman won four national titles at FBS, Lance Leopold, same thing, he won titles. The lower division colleges, which means he's a really good strategist, knows how to win with uh, marginal talent. His X will beat your O, right? And uh, your he'll beat your X with your O. That's <laughs> what they say, right? So he Lance Leopold, man, and then Texas Tech, uh, first year of that program uh, with a coach there. First year, he's doing well. Uh, but he always been getting beat in shootouts. So watch him get beat in a shootout as well. Look for Kansas, man. Throw a little bit on that money line, plus three and a half, and for sure over that 64. Back to the Big 12 overs. Used to be like the Big 12, you just cash those over all the time. This year's been the return of that. Uh, Vegas hasn't adjusted. I'm sure they will. Uh, but they haven't done it yet. So it's our money, not the house's money. Uh we're playing with our profit until it stops not making money with these big 12 overs for the most part. So for Iowa State. 
make a lot of money just bidding every other game over except for the Iowa State game. And the next game is going to be the game for the, all the marbles. The Texas Longhorns, plus seven, under 65. What do you think about that game, Chad? Yeah, man, I, I really, really like this Texas defense. Um, you know, I think this is a huge game just for Big 12 um, implications and Big 12 championship implications. You know, I really like Texas at home, the home dog here, to keep this one close. And this is going to be a really, really tight game. And I yeah, I think this one just is going to come under the 65. Um, you know, this is going to be a 35 to 28 type type game. Um, you know, and I, I think that Texas will be able to keep this one close and competitive at home and compete to win this game. And I think just that that close-knit competition-style game is going to lead to this one coming under and that Texas defense is, you know, really playing well. I 100% agree. And I think that's, again, corporate governance. Uh, Gary Patterson, very prideful man. He's the one who built the, the TCU program. And they said, you're fired, man, and don't, don't let the door hit your ass on the way out. So he gets pissed, goes down to Austin, Texas, <laughs> probably been simmering for months. He's going to dial up a really good defensive game plan with these five stars at Texas and get revenge. Revenge game theory has been 100%. For, it's been 100% that it, every time I've gone against revenge game theory, I've been wrong. Every time I've used revenge game theory, I've been right, including, including Thursday night, your Carolina Panthers getting revenge on your Atlanta Falcons. So Gary Patterson, he might say he's not supposed to be on the field. He's just an analyst. Analysts just analyze, and they can't coach players. But we'll be surprised. He breaks an NCAA violation. He's down there on the sidelines. Gary Patterson, man, great coach. Knows to do more with less. And he has a bunch of five stars to work with to get his revenge against those TCU Horn Frogs and Coach uh, Dykes, earlier TCU. Uh, he usually does get a coach at some point, and this is the point. So give me Texas Longhorns. What's the money line on that? Mm. Let's we'll see what the money line. Because I'm going to go money line Texas Longhorns. Even though they don't have their starting quarterback and Injuries and I just like Gary Patterson getting his revenge in this situation. Let's see, let's see what the money line is going to be. I I'm guessing it's going to be plus two fifty. Let me uh, see what that is. Coach Sarkeesia, and you know Sarkeesia. Again, you gotta understand your weaknesses, right? And Sarkeesia is a good X's and O's guy. He's a phenomenal recruiter, right? That's why he's making the six million dollars a year as a recruiter. He can recruit guy. He recruited seven first round draft picks on Alabama for his offense. So he knows he's not a good strategist. So what does he do? He hires. He probably hired uh, Gary Pitt, Patterson for this game and the Alabama game to help him strategize for these games. And Whoa, Josh. This one, yeah, yeah. Josh, I'm we looking at this line wrong. It I don't know. I just realized right now Texas is seven 
seven and a half point favorite over TCU. Okay. No wonder I thought it was wrong. All right. Yeah, no, I had it wrong on my end, too. Yeah. All right. So I won't look at it because it's not going to be a plus number. The money wow. might not going to be worth it. I'm actually going to buy the point, half point the other way and go Texas minus seven under 65 because of Gary Patter. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's, 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 that's kind of crazy there. That I didn't. I mean, yeah, no, you know, you always double check. I missed, and that. I had it wrong too for whatever reason. Um, uh, I might have been wrong at some place that we both got it wrong, <laughs> but uh, it's seven, right? So it's going to be Texas minus seven under the 65. Uh, Gary Patterson is going to dial up a really good game plan. Yep, it's minus mm-hmm. seven. Money line is 275. So that's a little too rich. If you like the horn frogs, it is uh, plus 250. But right. it's going to be Texas Longhorns, Gary Patterson, Steve Sarkeesian, the corporate governance, uh, going to cover the seven points against TCU. I think this is a game TCU falls apart. Yep. All right. Let's get so to now this. we're going to go to the SEC, right? SEC, let's get it. Missouri and Tennessee. Um, you know, here I like Tennessee, uh, minus, minus the 18. Think that they can, can cover this one coming off a loss at home. You know, I think Missouri has a really abysmal offense that won't score. I agree with Josh. Um, I like the under 57. Um, but yeah, I, uh, Josh likes. Blacks Missouri Mizzou here. Uh, I just think Tennessee will be able to be able to cover this one at home, coming off the loss. I just think Mizzou is really struggling offensively to score points. Right, and you know, I mean, I got to watch my biases on this game because uh, the only way I've gotten paid really since you know I started my wealth management business and business concierge. The only way I've gotten paid, and the only reason I have clients fifty million and above, is that I get paid for results. I don't get people results. I don't make people money. I do not get paid. I'm divorced. I'm homeless on the streets. This guy in Missouri making five million dollars a year, Eli Dirkwitz, has had a losing season every year. And what he gets a contract extension for what? For playing close against Georgia, for losing, not getting results, well, good for him, right? He's feeling forward. Uh, he did make a good decision. He's an offensive guy. He saw spring practice. He looked at film during the summer, looked at him at fall practice and said, hey, our defense is way better than our offense. Uh, we're going to play good defense this year. Uh, so that's why this game is going under. And this game started at 17. The line started at 17 and a half. It's already at 20 right now. I'm going to wait till tomorrow morning for fans to watch game day and to watch uh, SEC Nation. Oh, Tennessee coming off that loss of Georgia. They're going to roll. They're going to roll Missouri. Watch that line go to 21, 22 points. So um, after I post a podcast, I'll take some, you know, cannabis, gummy bear, I'll fall asleep. But I will wake up. 
even though I take the Gilbert Bear, I hope they wake up at least by 8.15, 8.30 to bet Missouri plus 21, 22 points under 57. And, uh, hey, back to old times like the SEC. I knew I was going to get my SEC mojo back. We were 11-3 SEC last week. So very proud of that. But we want to finish the year going at least 11-3 and three every week, right, until we get – uh, to bowl season. We're going to have a lot of fun during bowl season. What do you think, Chad? No, oh, yes, sir. I, I agree. I'm on Bovada right now. Tennessee is 19 and a half. All right, next game. We're going down. If anybody wanted to know the gaming bears I use. This is a tough one. Arkansas. Arkansas LSU. Arkansas um, here. Um, I like LSU minus a three and a half. You know, just think they are are, are uh, you know rolling right now. Um, they're for some really big implications uh, to maybe even play for an SEC title game, and I think they'll be able to cover the three and a half. Um, and, you know, both these teams really, really, really score points. So you know, think this one will be over the sixty-one. Uh, but Josh is going the other way on both of those. So. On both of those, we're going the other way. So if that's it happens because we're honest with each other. Somebody agrees with each other 100% of the time. That's not democracy and that's not honesty. Somebody's being dishonest. When you disagree, you're being honest, and that's how you move things forward as long as you're tracking things and you're coming up with the whys. What, what is your basis? What is your logical basis for it? I heard of Joe Thomas football player he made a good point finally somebody made a good point maybe he's listening to the podcast and stealing stuff from us but it's not just analytics it's analytics and logic right there i have decision science the process of making decisions so when you have a process of making a decision you look back because there's a big difference right there's a big difference in life between what you hope for and what reality is so you mitigate that and you learn from it right so Differences is great. Uh, in this situation, coaches make calculations, right? That's why I feel like preseason games, first half of the season, they shouldn't charge full price. So he made a calculated decision. We can beat Liberty playing basic football and resting our core players for LSU next week. They lost, right? <laughs> uh KJ Jefferson and the rest of the starters are going to be there. You're going to have the full Arkansas team. Arkansas should always have a good offensive line. They always have 15 scholarship players on that offensive line. So they have 15 guys who can play on their offensive line to what? Control the game. Uh, this game is going to be like the Liberty game. That's why I like the under. And I like to see, we're going to see a whole different. Because you're going to have the healthy players playing 90 to 100% of the snaps versus last week against Liberty, they paid maybe 30% of the snaps, 40% of the snaps. Some guys on defense didn't even play. Uh, and KJ Jefferson is going to be able to plus one, keep the clock going, snap the ball with one or two seconds left, keep Jalen Daniels on the sidelines. Now, LSU played Alabama. What does that mean? That Alabama has a lot of depth, and they're pounding you. They're hitting you on every play. So that's going to be a very, very 
beat up LSU team against a fresher Arkansas team, like my wife Anna would say. She's from Florida. Instead of say, calling him Arkansas, she calls him Arkansas. So give me the Razorbacks and a fresher Razorback team. Coach Fat Sam Pittman. Coach, get in shape. I don't see you have a heart, have a heart attack and die. Uh, give me Arkansas plus four under sixty two points. But Chad feels the opposite. What, what's your logic on the opposite? Yeah, man, I, I, I already went on that. I, I just think that um, you know LSU is playing for a lot right now, and they're playing really right. good. And I, I think they're trending up, and Arkansas is trending down. Um, and that you know, these offenses, not recency bias, right? Not recency bias. You know, both both these teams have have scored. You know, continued to score points. Um, right. You know, That's each cool. week. So I think that you know that they they uh, you know, they both continue to score this week. All right. All right, next game, Van- Vanderbilt, Kentucky. Um, you know, here uh, we, we both, both agree. Uh, we like uh, Vanderbilt plus 17 and a half. Um, you know, Vanderbilt really just pl- is going to play a methodical, offensive, run the ball, slow style gaming. Kentucky plays that same style. Um, they really, right. you know, put it on the defense, run the ball. You know, in that type of style for 17 and a half point, 17 and a half point favorite doesn't really, you know, just pan well for them. Um, you know, I think this was this game will, will come under, and that it'll just it's just going to be a really you know a lot of run heavy, uh, methodical type type style game. Hundred percent agree. You always think about two defensive guys going against each other. The game goes under, and and then Kentucky has Georgia next week, so they they're going to keep as much in their pocket as they can against a very red Vanderbilt team. They'll help Vanderbilt cover the big uh, 17.5-point line, but it's going to go under as Kentucky just wants to get out of there with a win and have enough ammunition not to get blown out next week by Georgia. All right. Next game, South Carolina at Florida. Um, you know, this is one. One, another one we differ on the side. Um, you know, I like Florida here. Coach Billy Napier, man, did a good job covering for us at Louisiana. He covered pretty much 20 out of 22 uh, at Louisiana. Beamer ball. And I think Beamer ball uh, – they're going to have to get a big punt return. Special teams has to get them short, short fields. And they're going to play that zone. And they're going to go uh, AR-15 and uh, uh, Richardson into Aaron Malian a couple of times. He's turning into a passer at this young age from a thrower to a passer. Uh, they haven't thrown him a lot. He's running less. Uh, and that plays into South Carolina's hands. Spencer Radler needs a big game in this situation. Uh, Florida uh, just got done playing Georgia and Texas A&M. So they're going to be pretty beat up. Uh, the way Napier likes to play these days, I like the under 58. And give me South Carolina plus the eight points. I see Florida probably winning this game. Uh 27-20, uh, you know, 
my fear is that it's 27-13, that South Carolina doesn't get that, you know, turnover or special teams touchdown. But I got a feeling they will just because of how beat up Florida is after playing Georgia in the rivalry game and then going down to Texas A&M. They won that game, but I was watching that game. Very physical game. Uh, they were beat up. So it's Carol- South Carolina, their style, Spencer Rattler uh, can match AR-15. So I like South Carolina plus the eight, under 58. And then just one more game in the SEC. Good old SEC football. 11-3 last week. We got, the same this week. We got two more. We still got uh, Bama, the Bama, and the and Auburn games. So, Bama, you know, so here we go. We like saving off a loss, man. He's he's awesome covering right. the spread off a loss. So, you know, Bama on the road here, minus 12. And, you know, Bama off a loss, too, with that defense just clamping down. Um, this one to stay under the 65. I think that's a little high for this game. Right, and you coaches lie, right? So they're not going to give any information the opponent can look at. But uh, you look at coaches' conferences, you look for body language, what they're lying about, you know, using their lie to get to the truth. And Nick Satan this week, he said he made a quick comment. I think he caught himself. But he was like, we're not going to let him do that, right? So (laughs) – he, he's pissed about those two losses. He's telling his team, don't let him score. Who you know, defense, you let him score. You guys are running bleachers all day and night. <laughs> so, uh, give me, uh, never lost really. You know, a lot of people will lose a lot of money if, uh, he doesn't cover because everybody's betting him to, to cover this. So I would bet it now if you're listening to it on the live stream in the second you hear the podcast tonight and tomorrow morning, bet Alabama because that line's going up. Uh, at Lame Kiffin, there's a rivalry he hates, Lame Kiffin, for what? Sleeping with his daughter, impregnating his daughter. Lame Kiffin did that. So extra incentive for Nick Satan to beat Lame Kiffin. And your Mississippi Rebels. His step, not his stepdaughter, but his adopted, Nick Satan's adopted daughter. Nick Satan does not have any natural born children. Alabama Booster told me once. All right, hopping over to the Big Ten. Yes, sir. Big Ten, Purdue, man. Purdue's let me down a lot this year. But I think they're going to cover seven points against Illinois. Illinois, uh, the mustard came off the hot dog last week. Used to trick her and phrase. Uh, they usually don't cover with big lines. They they like to win really close games. I like this game to go under because it's not the normal Purdue offense. And Illinois, man, they want to ground pound, ground and pound like uh, Bill Belma used to do at Wisconsin. He got Wisconsin to the Rose Bowl three times, so he won the Big Ten Championship game three times with that style. So styles make fights. Give me under 44 plus seven. I know you think the opposite, Chad. What are your thoughts on this game? 
Yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I just, I like Illinois here coming off the loss at home. Um, I think that Purdue defense is, is really struggling, you know, giving up all those points to the worst offense I've ever seen in Iowa. Um, right. And I, I just, you know, I, I, I think that uh, Illinois will be able to score enough here to cover the seven. Um, and yeah, I just think, you know, you got two offensive teams kind of in this game. I just think this, that this one will go, will go over the 44 and a half. Um, you know, Illinois has been scoring. I'm not sure so sure. I think when you mean by Illinois being an offensive team, I mean, really good at running the ball. Yeah. They're not an Purdue's an offensive team. Illinois is not as much of an offensive team, no. um, but their but their offense is the best it's been in a long time. Um, the most efficient it's been in a long time because that's what they want to go. They want to be efficient. You know? Yeah, they want to so, be able to run the ball, and and once they sack the box, that quarterback has to make throws, and he's made throws this year. Right, so they've been efficient. And so you think. Because of their efficiency, they're going to go over and coming off a loss, they're going to be sharper and cover the six and a half, right? Yep. So what's the next game, Chad? Our next game, uh, Nebraska is going to be at, on the road at Michigan. Um, and, man, we like Nebraska getting 30 points here. I just think that's a lot of points for – a team who is an offensive team who, you know, can probably get a few points here against, you know, a team like Michigan who just wants to, you know, run the ball and, and, and kind of, you know, runs the ball probably 55, 60% of the time, you know, top top 20 team in college football running the ball um, and just play calling percentage. Um, but definitely think 49 and a half is a little low here, um, you know, I definitely think this one will, will get over that, um, and, and Nebraska will be able to cover the, I mean, the outrageous line of 30 and a half points. Right. And you, you got to think, uh, Stiles make fights, and Nebraska has a horrible defense, so they're going to have to play offense. They're going to have to play defense with their offense. What do I mean by that? They're going to run the ball first and second down, you're gonna wait till there's one or two seconds left on the clock before snapping the ball and keeping their defense off the field. Now, Michigan has played two very, very, very physical games in a row against Michigan State and last week against Rutgers. Uh, so it gives Nebraska an advantage. You're gonna see tighter rotations out of Michigan. Because they have Illinois and Ohio State next two games after that for all the marbles. So they don't have to beat uh, Nebraska by 30. They want to beat Nebraska by 14 points. And uh, modern football, right? Years ago, this game would be under. But modern football, they score easier. Uh, this game will go over the 49. As Coach Whipple who's been coaching college football for 40 years, will figure out uh, how to get not a lot of points, but enough points for us to cover the spread. Uh, look for some late backdoor action against the Michigan fourth stringers. As Michigan has to get those starters off the field for Illinois and Ohio State in the next couple of weeks. 
in a game that should win easily over Nebraska, but Nebraska will cover it and get it over 49 points. That's Nebraska and your Michigan Wolverines. Uh, a game we differ on. I like Maryland plus 11 over 57, uh, mainly because Penn State, I believe, blew out Maryland last year. And there's a personal rivalry between the two coaches. Two coaches hate each other. Uh, something went down where they were both assistants at Maryland. Uh, something to do with recruits, personality conflicts. When they were assistant coaches, they went to blows several times. Fist fights. Fist to the face and head. And they carried this on for years. That's why last year, last year, Penn State, actually, last year, Penn State beat him 31-14. So Coach, Coach Loxley was not going to let his rival beat him twice. I think his rival will beat him because he has more talent. But covers uh, Maryland's going to cover the key number of plus 11. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is, if two is hurt or whatever. Uh, this is personal personal rivalry between uh, great coaches. So give me Mike Loxley, offensive guy, won a national title as offensive coordinator for Alabama, like Sarkeesian and Brian Deball did, and Jim uh, McElwain. So offensive guy going to score some points against his rival. He's been scheming against him all summer, all spring practice. Your Maryland Terrapins plus eleven over fifty-seven. I, I know you feel differently. What's your what's your case there for your Penn State Nittany Lions? And that quarterback they have, Clifford. Yeah, man. I just think you know at home, um, and I mean Maryland just really really struggled last week. Did not look good last week. Um, I don't, you know, this one I, I'm going to probably take a second look at, a hard look at tonight and early in the morning. Um, maybe possibly considering going the other way. But, um, man, I just, you know, Penn State has, uh, you know, been pretty solid covering covering some numbers at, you know, at home this year. So, just think that, uh, you know, they 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 got a little bit more talent. I really feel like they, you know they're they're a top fifteen, top twelve team in the country. Um, we know with their roster and their talent level, I just think it's a notch above Maryland. Right, right. We're gonna take a second look at that at that at that yeah, game. No, no, for sure. Yeah, I, I you know, uh, confidence doesn't mean anything. I've been confident, been wrong, have not been confident, been right. But for whatever it's worth, probably not a lot. <laughs> Uh, I am confident in my uh, Maryland doing so. But I'm going to be betting like 40 games tomorrow. And what I want is profit. So what, I'm not going to get hung up on one game. All right. Uh, let's listen to Coach Tom Allen, what he's going to say before his big game tomorrow as 40-point underdogs against Ohio State, right? Uh, this was actually after the Ohio State game where they almost beat Ohio State. This is Coach Tom Allen. Let me know if you can hear this, Chad. 
You hear that? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so they're going to fight and they're going to keep this plus 40 over 61 against Ohio State. Ohio State, uh, again, it's going to be like the Michigan game. They're going to keep the rotations tight with it did against Northwestern 21 to 7. They got Maryland. Maryland's a capable team at Maryland. And then they got Michigan. They lost to Michigan last year. They have to beat them this year. You know, of course, there's you know a million dollar bonus for beating Michigan. What do you think? What do you think, Chad? Yeah, man, I'm with you. Um, I I like Indiana plus the forty here, and I'm with you. I like the over sixty one. Um, I think just a ridiculous amount of points, and right. uh, you know this will will definitely be you know both defenses. Well, really, I mean, Indiana defense not too not too great here. Iowa, Ohio State's obviously going to score as a forty point favorite. Right. Um, you know, but Indiana's offense is capable, you know, to, to score enough points to get this one over and make sure they cover 40. 51 17 means we cover both sides. Yeah. 40 we got uh, 40 point line. Next game, we got Iowa at West or at home against Wisconsin. Um, you know, here I like Wisconsin on the money line. I think they just got a little bit more, a little bit better team. Um, you know, I Josh likes Iowa at home um, on the money line, and we both agree on under the 35. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's not the house's money, it's our money, and we got our money, a lot of our money bidding all these Iowa unders. <laughs> Pretty much every single Iowa game has gone under. Same thing for Iowa State. So we're probably 80% towards the under with Iowa State That's and great. Iowa games. <laughs> so you got to take the under last year this game uh, similar stuff was Iowa lost uh, 27 to 7 so big again revenge game theory uh, you know whenever I go against it I lose whenever I use it I win so I'm going to use it again uh, Kurt LaFrance is coached there 25, 30 years, he always gets one of his offensive linemen as a first-round pick in the NFL draft. Uh, he studied this team all summer. All spring, his health plays in his back pocket specifically for this game because he doesn't want to lose two games in a row. It's just the way this man thinks, corporate governance. So give me Iowa and Kurt LaFrance and his son, who's the offensive line coach, offensive coordinator. He wants his son to take over the program. He's giving his son $1.5 million. He wants his son to have his salary, $5 million, for the next 30 years of coaching Iowa. That's what they want. That's what their goals are. And to meet those goals, they cannot lose to a bad Wisconsin team that lost to Washington State two years in a row. They have an interim coach. So big coaching mismatch. Give me Iowa uh, on the money line under 35. And what are the last two games, man? Last two games for this week, very exciting, as there's only two more weeks after this, and then we head into bowl season. So we want to finish strong the last three weeks, make our profit, get our percentages up. 
because we've done a lot better in the past, and we look forward to matching that in the upcoming weeks. What are the last two games, Chad? Um, we're going Northwestern at Minnesota. Um, and, man, we like Northwestern plus 17 and a half and under the 41. I mean, Minnesota's style is just, you know, weather's cooling off. Minnesota's very methodical. Um, Northwestern, you know, should have some confidence playing that tough game against Ohio State last week. Right. You know, be able to keep this one within the 17 and a half. Um, and this one stay under the 41 with, you know, that Minnesota defense, Northwestern defense. And, you know, both teams, you know, running the ball, looking to run first. Exactly. Uh, all the six-year seniors for um, for Minnesota, Tanner Morgan is uh, not going to play, and if he does play, he sucks and he's hurt. Uh, so they're going to run it at each other. Uh, it's going to be thirty degrees and snowing, right? So 30 degrees, snowing, uh, under for sure. So give me the under 41. Give me the under 41. And uh, Northwestern, this is going to be an under game, being able to cover the 18 points. And the last game we're going to look at is your Rutgers. Um, are they are they called the Knights? Let's see what Rutgers is called. Uh, Rutgers nickname there. Uh, Coach Yana, Scarlet Knights. The Rutgers Scarlet Knights uh, covering ten points. The under is forty one against Michigan State. Michigan State's missing ten players. There really should be no reason why Rutgers does not win this game, but they've been so mediocre. Uh, Especially the front 22 for Michigan State is going to be better than the Rutgers guys. So give me uh, Rutgers plus the 10. uh, I don't know about the money line in this situation because Rutgers is so bad. But really, Rutgers should win this game. So I'm getting 10 points over a key number, and both have horrible offense. They won't score more than 41 points between them. So we're looking at a big week. Uh, you don't have to pay extra sports $1,000. In business, when you give one, you get 10 back, right? So as Winston Churchill said, you make a living from your labor, but you make a life from what you give. Uh, we have these picks on the, on the website, on our Twitter feed, which is currency, which is money. Again, you make a living from your labor, but you make a life from what you give. Winston Churchill. Thank you for listening to the ESBC podcast. That's why this one don't cost $800 and that costs $200. And I don't know what that cost, I'm just shitting the work. That's why I wear those shoes and I roll my butt and I get a limousine stuck out there a mile long.